We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. That might be a 360 deal, and I'd like to know how you feel about 360 deals. Because if it's true, if you and your, your team are the people that are coming up with all of the creative shit behind Yachty, then what the fuck would I be paying capital anything for? That's my question to you. Well, I've already recouped my deal. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what that means. Like, I've made back all of the money that I was given in my You advance. might not have been given very much money, so that's I, an I empty was, statement was, to me. I was given a lot for me. Over a million. Okay. I have a million dollar deal. Well, of course you're gonna recoup. You got, you got, you're on hit records. This you know. You, you should. I'm a, it's my job to be okay. aware. At no point do I want to, see, again, you got a lot of hostility. At no point do I want to discredit you. You did discredit me, and you discredited my whole label. You did. Fuck capital! We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. 
That's Casper.com backslash the corner promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Back for another week. Shout out to the sponsors. This week is kind of light. You know, it's going to be a nice, quick, easy show. Just because we didn't have MMA, boxing is upcoming. We had one big fight last week that we have to recap and we preview only one fight. And then WWE really just pissed Andreas off. So it's going to be a quick, smooth <laughs> rant. Um, he's going to probably say how much he just adored the House of Horrors match. Um, yeah, you know, that's the usual. The usual stuff on this episode. Where do we start, though? Where do we start? Uh, we got to start with Budden, right? Budden and Yachty. It's in the intro. It was the big talk of the week. I know you got to be on old man Budden's side, right? No, not necessarily. What? And, and I'm, actually, I'm actually gonna write about this, and I want to. Ex- I want to explain something here. Um, I'm not necessarily on Joe Budden's side because there's. It's almost unfair to pick on Yaddy at this point, um, and I'm gonna explain why. And it's really simple because Yaddy talks about being happy, and that's where Joe really starts picking at him in this in this conversation. Um, and Yadi makes this point of being coming from a dorm room with no money, no girls, to having a life with you know three, four cars, money in the bank, women at his disposal. That's not really Yadi's fault, and you can't necessarily be mad at Yadi for that because he hasn't been taught any better. Now, as an old head like Joe Budden, you know both of both of us are in our thirties. When we talk about, you know, where we came from and why we valued hip hop, Joe Budden didn't have happiness as a teenager trying to get into the game. He didn't rap about happy things like Pump It Up was like his big happy single and even songs like Fire. But for the most part, Joe's a pretty grumpy guy. And even as a youngster, he was kind of grumpy when you listen to those songs. Yeah, I mean, he had 10 minutes on that first album. You think Joe was always happy listening to that, Joe. Yeah. So it's like. When Joe's picking at Yachty for who he is, and that's that's the problem here because it's not Yachty's fault he's been put in that position. Other people have put Yachty in this position to make money off of not even really caring about the culture, and that's and that's what what happens when this kind of when our music goes popular. Um, See, I don't think he was picking on the culture though; he was picking on the idea of Lil Yachty more than he's picking on Yachty. It's that tut, that tough love scenario. Where it came across as, yo, you know how many little yachties I've seen around here? This this is what he was trying to say. Do you understand that Trinidad James was little yachty? Do you understand that? I mean, you keep going down the list. I mean, you go all the way back through when Joe first debuted to still being here. Versus everyone who had a dope song or a dope one-year run. And they didn't know their deals. And they didn't know what a 360 was. And they didn't know, just because they have more money now than ever, that they were getting 10% of the money being made off of them. And by the time they did, it was too late. So he was telling Yachty, like, yo, I'm glad, like, it it has nothing to do with you being happy, but your happiness is false if you don't know how it's coming and how it's going. Because you know you have money, but you don't know how much money is being made. You don't know anything about your deal. They give you three cars and some broads, and you're like, yo, this is life. When you can be gone tomorrow. I mean, everyone's not future. Half these kids we're never going to hear of again in a year, 
And Joe is just like, yo, you have no clue what's going on in your career and your life. But how do you tell a 19 year old that? Right. That's my point. How do you tell somebody who's living in the moment to appreciate a culture, especially when you sound like a grumpy old man? It's hard because I feel that way because Yadi's a byproduct of the culture and the culture of what is happening now. And it's hard to tell somebody who's making a lot of money, who's in the moment to learn and appreciate things. I mean, we do it all the time. I mean, you have friends that have money. You talk to NBA players, it's like save that money because when it's over, it's over. They don't listen. So your approach, <laughs> your approach has to be different. His right? approach was so, horrible. You can't that, yell at the kid. That's why I'm saying like, I, you know, I, I everything that Joe said was correct, except for the, the happiness part. You know, he says he's not happy. I, dude, Yadi is happy. Because he doesn't know any better. No, he's bli- so, he's blissfully ignorant. It doesn't make you happy. There's a, a drastic difference. No, no, no. He's happy. Look, like, he can be blissfully ignorant, but you can't tell that man he's not happy. You can't, like, if you were to tell me that I'm not happy, I would laugh in your face. Because how will you know if I'm happy or not? Because it's like Yadi's- impending sadness coming. It's like, But, but yo, how, it's- but you can't illustrate that to somebody. With, it, that, it, with that approach, you can't illustrate that to a 19-year-old that kid. But that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm a boxer, right? If I'm Adrian Broner, right? And Floyd Mayweather comes along and is like, look, you should do better. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. What's Broner's going to say? Shut the fuck up. I'm making money. That's that's the approach for every young... And it's not... This isn't a hip-hop thing. This is a young person thing. Yeah, but then when you're old head, you look and you be like... It's like giving a guy a million dollars, but he's standing on the train tracks and you're seeing the train coming. And he's like, yo, I'm so happy to have this million dollars. You tell him you're not happy at all because you see the train about to hit him. But, like, but you're not going to enjoy that. But that's what I'm saying. In you're the a, moment before that train a, hits you, you're happy as hell. But the train is coming. But it's not. But that's my point. It's not Joe's job to tell him that the train is tr- coming in that manner. By, by suggesting that a man's not happy because he's eventually going to get hit by that train, it's like, Life is short. Live it to the fullest, even though that's not necessarily true, even though you should save your money, even though you should make proper investments, even though you should look at life a little bit differently. You can't tell that person living in the moment that they're not happy. So you have to outline it in a different way. Yeah, his, got- his approach is horrible. But he's yeah. he's jaded. I mean, that, he's not the guy who should have been given that information. One. But that's what I'm saying. Like for, for in Joe Budden's case, because, you know, a lot of people look at Joe Budden as a failed rapper, which is not true. But it's just the aesthetic of it all because Joe's been around for a long time and people are like, well, he never blew up. But I'm, I can guarantee you that Joe's not broke, right? I think his so net worth is like five mil. Something stupid. Like five, like six he, mil is pretty good. Yeah, he's managed his career, right? He's managed his career different than other rappers have. But in Yachty's case, all he's looking at is like, dude, I came from a dorm. I made stupid ass music and I'm making stupid money. How can you tell me otherwise? Like, he didn't listen to Biggie. He didn't have to. And that's why, like, I, I made a joke a long time ago, and I don't even know if I said it on the, on the show, is that, you know, there should be a driver's license. There should be a rapper's license. We should learn about what you're doing before you do it so you can respect it better. Like, you should learn what you're doing. Without it, anybody can get in this game. It's like you look at Miley Cyrus right now saying she don't really care about hip-hop anymore, but you profited off of it, right? I mean, to be it, true, a lot, to be fair, a lot of people don't care about hip-hop anymore. You talk to a lot of people... Even in hip hop, they'd be like, "Yo, I don't listen to hip hop when I go home." They'd be no, like, "I don't it, like this shit." You they, don't they listen just, to this shit. There's this, but I, but, that's, <laughs> but I, but listen, I respect my culture, and, I, and even though I'm listening to hip hop twenty four seven, and I because I appreciate music and art, but to respect and know where the culture came from makes it a little bit different, True. right? For Yadis, for him, it's just like if I just do this, like that. The 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 entry point into hip hop, there is no like rites of passage. 
there is no man you know you should understand who cool g rap is you should understand who dj polo is like you the sugar hill gang you should know like you there is no rite of passage so if the man if the young man can make some money doing it he's going to do that you know it's just like but it's it almost like, like that trying window to, is so small when you don't have any appreciation or knowledge of the past and that's another but, thing but, Joe, but like if you have no knowledge you don't seek out the knowledge of the art the culture you know just writing and then you also don't seek out the business knowledge like yo you didn't see everyone else going about it this way it's dead broke now look at little scrappy little scrappy had one hit he's on love and hip-hop that's about it he's rocking a whack-ass hair but, yeah but, here's but i'm saying thing. like careers go like that unless you got a love and hip-hop future you're a rap because you get but one he, song blow up and you're done but, but my point is he wouldn't even have it for him he wouldn't even have a career at all the fact that he has something, he feels like he's doing something right. And for the record, I'm not saying that Lil Yachty is right. He is ignorant. And it, <laughs> but it's not, it's not his fault. He, is, has, he has been miseducated on this culture. But he's happy. It, but, he, but he's happy. So everything that Joe said was absolutely correct. But that abrasive approach is only going to make the younger ge- generation rail against you. And I, and I know even you know people look at me and say that I do that to the younger generation. But, I, dude, I appreciate... I appreciate ignorance if you can educate it, right? But you need to have the approach. Like, I can't go to a, a third grader and talk to, about the revolution abrasively. Like, you need to know that. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> Your approach has to be different to help them understand and empathize with the situation before you educate them. Joe didn't do that. He dove right in. Like, the whole thing started, the beginning of all this started when Yachty was interviewed by Pitchfork, who took advantage of the young man's ignorance by asking the overrated, underrated question with Biggie. That's where it all started. But nobody really took Yachty aside to say, everybody jumped on him rather than saying, well, why don't you know about Biggie? Well, here's some Biggie songs. Now, if Yachty listens to Biggie songs, it's like, this is whack. Then we have a different issue here. (laughs) But but, but, but to go at the young man as hard as you do, because, dude, at 19 it's just completely different like how you consume music is different uh, everything you do is different he doesn't even have time to sit around like i guarantee you that that he's busy and he doesn't even have time to sit back and understand so you have to you have to massage the situation better that's all i'm saying just massage it a little bit better listen i i can't remember what i was thinking when i was 19 but i'm sure i was a little bit more i guess worldly and wise than that yeah but you weren't rich no, but I'm saying if I would have been rich overnight, I still would have been smart. Like, I, I knew about hip-hop. I knew about... No, you wouldn't have. This is not a guarantee. If you're rich, why do you have, why do you have to care about other things? This is the problem. Like, when you look at Floyd Mayweather... Dude, I'm not giving anybody a pass for this, but I understand this. When you look at Floyd Mayweather, you look at how blissfully ignorant he is to the ways of the world. He doesn't have time to care. He's rich. And that's always been the problem with African-Americans in general. They forget. <sighs> Yes. They forget to struggle and they don't give back. Like at a certain point, they just go, "We're all one." Until the shit comes back on them, until a cop has a gun in your face, until some, until your financial advisor robs you of a bunch of money, then you're reminded that you're black again. <laughs> but at that point, when you are rich, you you're not you don't care. Like a lot of people just don't care about what happens in the world because it's not affecting them. I That's would at least we- care about my money. Like you have to have a sense of how your money is coming in. And that's the other interview that just bothers me about Yachty. He's like, yo, are you in a 360 deal? I don't know what a 360 deal is. What do you mean? Yeah, it's it, Dude, it's, a, it's problematic. It's, it's how African-Americans have been taken advantage of in every aspect of art and sports for years. They don't understand. They just get their money 
and then end up broke because they don't understand how money works. But that's that's my point. It's the Pacquiao like, model right there. But that's my point. Like if, if the, when you're rich, you vote for Trump because he's going to protect your financial interests as a rich man, right? Unless you know better. If you're smarter, then you're like, dude, I'm not going to vote for him because that that little bit of money that Trump is saving you, even though it sounds like a lot, you got to remember all the people that are your family members or have been associated with you or other African Americans, like you, you know, other minorities. You got to see what's happening to them. But that's what happens. The miseducation of the young black man is a, a the biggest epidemic in society today. And Yachty is the perfect example of that. But as, as an elder statesman like Joe Budden or somebody like myself or anybody who's 30 plus who's been in this game for a long time, you can't attack if you want them to ever understand. You have to approach the situation differently. If you don't, it's always going to be this old head versus young head. So you could be critical and critical is fine. But to just tell a man, I just had a problem when he was like, you're not happy. Because all of a sudden, it's like, well, who the fuck are you to tell me I'm not happy? Because I got more money. Like, because Liotti looks like cause I got more money than you at 19. Like, that it automatically takes a defensive stance. You just got to approach the situation differently. And Joe, like I said, Joe was right in everything he says. And I, I agree with just about everything he says. Just don't ever challenge a young man's happiness. Because all they're going to do is rail against you. Yeah, that's all they care about. You're taking the one thing he has. Yeah. At the end of the day. And, but... Sad part is life is about to slap him over the head and take that anyway. Eventually it will. Like everybody, you know, but it's just, you know, if you if you understand what you're doing when you have that money, which most people don't, like you take that money and then you go, okay, I'm not going to spend like an idiot. You know, we talked about having like a half a million dollar in jewelry. That's stupid. That's stupid as fuck. But you have to you be like, hey, man, like that. What is that really doing for you at this point? You know what I'm saying? Like you look at somebody like, you know, you know, Chance the Rapper is 22. He's completely different he came and, from chicago he, like he's he's from a completely different background and, he, and he, he also comes from a affluent chicago family yeah and these things are important like yadi was a kid who went to college didn't know what he was necessarily going to do with his life and then just kind of fell into a rap career and is rich he went to college you understand he went to what does college that mean? it, it don't mean shit that went I mean, to college. Like, like, you, come on man it means you got enough wherewithal to pass high school and that's not really that hard let's be real Listen, I see some people not pass high school on the, no, on the realest of keys. But let's just be real. Like, it, unless it's life circumstances that, that force you to drop out of high school, you got to be really fucking stupid to not pass high school. Yo, ask everybody in New York how hard regions used to be. I, yo, I count well, on, my, I count on one, one hand the amount of people I know in New York that graduated high school. And that's a damn saying, shame. It, but it's, it's circumstances different. Like, what I'm saying is, like, going to college isn't as difficult as it was like 20, 30 years ago. Like you can go to college and it doesn't necessarily, like there's a lot of kids that go to college. True. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, you look at Yadi and you're like, oh, he went to college. He should be smart. No, it's not necessarily true because grad- graduating high school doesn't make you a rocket scientist and prep yeah. you for the world. It just, you just graduated high school and you're looking for the next step. A lot of kids go to college. They don't even have any idea why they're in college. They Most just kids, think that, right? right. They think like, even when I went to college, I was like, I'm here, but you know, learning to work for somebody else just wasn't my thing. And I kind of sniffed it out quick. But a lot of people go and they just they're like, I'm going to get a business degree. Why? Because I'm going to start my own business. What's going to be a business? I don't know. It's really the, the process of things. And Yadi, I'm sure, he, you know, I, I don't know the kid, but I'm sure he went to school and was just trying to figure it out. And he figured it out. He's making more money than he probably would make doing anything else in his life by making songs that aren't even negative. It's like positive 
like whatever it is. It's not rap music. I don't even know what it's called. But once he's, he's like another crooner. Yeah, like he's just but he's he's enjoying his success and he has no idea what's what's gonna come back at him. But while he's in it, can't tell that young man shit. At least at the very least he's willing to come to these shows and listen. Yeah, you don't want that's true. That. Like that's the thing you don't want to do. You don't want him to say, fuck this, I'm never coming back. Well he ain't coming want- back, I'll tell you that much. He ain't letting Joe yell at him again. That's what I'm saying. It's like you just gotta handle that situation differently. That's that's all I'm saying. All right, Let's well, move past a little boat. And we had boxing last weekend. Let's talk about combat sports, which is why we came. Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir Klitschko. It's another young, up-and-coming person versus an old head. Look at that. Um, the old head had a few tricks left up in his bag, though. He got Joe Budden angry around the middle of that fight. And it got real. What did the First off, just give me your overall thoughts on the fight. My overall thoughts are if Vladimir Klitschko was 35, he would have watched Joshua when he had him in trouble. Anthony Joshua is a great boxer, but he has to work on his conditioning. Um, He put himself in a situation because he's knocked everybody out and he hasn't been deep into a fight where it got good to him. And he forgot what happens with a wily seasoned veteran, what, you know, how they're able to stay in the fight. Fortunately, Joshua showed us another thing that a lot of us didn't even expect. He had the grit and the determination to stay in that fight. Because, dude, Joshua was cooked. If, if Vladimir yeah, Klitschko He was out was on step- his feet for a second. Yeah. Dude, he was talking himself back into the fight. <laughs> like, I watched the fight again, and as the rounds go by, like, you watch him talking to, to Klitschko. He's not talking to Klitschko. He's motivating himself to get back into this fight. Because I thought he was done. It was, this was probably one of the best heavyweight fights since I, I'd even go as far to say either Lewis Holyfield or Holyfield Tyson won. This was, was so better than Holyfield Tyson won to me because it was competitive nah, on both ends. I mean, dude. Uh, Holyfield Tyson won wasn't that competitive after what, round two, three? Dude, it was competitive for a while. Like, like, it was like Tyson round was two, three, right? It, it was like, three, I'll give it three, no, four. This fight went deep. Like, like people, you got to remember, this fight was competitive, and Holyfield just refused to back down. You know, and he, he tied Tyson up. He hit him with good shots, and Tyson hung in there. No, and Tyson got, hung in there. I just didn't think Tyson had a chance of winning after past, like, round two. Oh, you got to watch that fight. Because you, when you watch the fight, you just knew that Holyfield was hanging in there. Hmm. And it, it, after a while, you started to realize that Holyfield was taking the fight. But there, it was a lot of drama in that fight. There was just a ton of drama in that fight. In, but the back and forth, like Lewis and Holyfield had a ton of back and forth. They like, did. I remember that you know, fight. And it's funny because Holyfield's in all these things. And we've, we rarely talk about Holyfield being one of the greatest boxers of all time. Holyfield, Riddick, Bo, a ton of drama. Like, but that, all I'm saying is. I don't even remember that fight. Man, the the Bo Holyfield trilogy is one of the greatest heavyweight trilogies in boxing after Fraser Ali. Like that <laughs> shit. Like, I, I got to watch this shit tomorrow. It's it's that series was amazing. And and that's what I'm saying. My point is is that we haven't seen a, a heavyweight title fight with with dramat with so much drama and fireworks and everything that you want to see in a great fight. That shit, we're talking about heavyweight boxing on this podcast, which we usually refuse to do cuz it's not all in the top. <laughs> So, yeah, ultimately, the, the long story short, Joshua showed me something, a gear that I didn't think he had. Um, Klitschko, you know, it's time, man. You know, it's, it's 41 years old. You can pretty much beat everybody else, but why? What's the point? What's the point? It, you know, you got beat by the better man. You can go after a rematch or you can call it a night. You I wouldn't mind different. seeing them go for a couple. 
No, I, I just don't know if Klitschko wants to, you know, 41, to put yourself through these training camps for a younger guy. It's going to be hard. Yeah. But Joshua, man, uh, after he got Klitschko down the first time, I thought he was going to be finished. Klitschko found his way back in the fight. This was an excellent, excellent fight. It just, my thoughts on Joshua, ultimately, I, it, they've come down a bit, my expectations after this fight. Now, a Deontay Wilder fight, even though Deontay is still wild, and still has a lot to, but he, he's shown he can go twelve rounds. So I'm curious, and he still has a, a ton of power. So now this that fight really piques my curiosity. A Wilder Joshua fight. I still think Joshua wins the fight, but I think it can get really interesting because Joshua has proven when he gets tired he gets sloppy, yeah. and when he gets sloppy he gets hit. And jo- and Wilder is a completely different beast when it comes to hitting than Klitschko is at 41. Well, Wilder Joshua still, didn't faint at all either, even when he was. There was no head movement. There was no head there, head movement. Dude, when he's tired, it's a, it's a problem. So, you know, if Wilder can withstand anything that Joshua comes at him with, that fight could get very interesting. So I'm, I'm much more intrigued by that fight than I was, say, a year ago. Because I thought Joshua would just kind of drag Wilder because he's sloppy. But now it's, it's an interesting fight. No, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I like the WWE-style entrances. Oh, that's Europe. Europe you, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> they treat this shit. The, Joshua the looked like The Rock. Yeah. The shit was on fire. <laughs> I was like, yo, <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, he has pyro. Oh, man, that shit was so dope. Next time he, had got, he has to come from the rafters, like HBK. Um, no, nah, so that, I don't know. It's just Klitschko, to me, could have another one in him. Uh, this is the best Klitschko I've seen, like, post-knockdown. It's like he waited 20 years for that moment. I was talking on another radio show earlier this week, and I was like, when you can see it. When Klitschko gets knocked down. Because beforehand, it was the same old Klitschko, right? Jab, try to keep distance. Try to grab, but he really couldn't. And that's how the fight was going. Joshua puts him down. And Joshua raises both hands in the air. Like it's over already. And Klitschko looks up. And he's just like, oh, hell nah. Like you are really not disrespecting me right now. And he pops up from the canvas. He was on the canvas for like two seconds. He jumps up. And that was it. It was a, a level of Klitschko we have never seen before. The aggression. The moving forward. He was marching Joshua back for three, four rounds in that fight. If yeah, he, he had he, young man legs and that mentality, he's he's a completely different fighter. Because people say he's boring or whatever. He's always had that in him. It just, I was saying before, he never had this level of opponent which is sad for him in his career. I mean, he's had, he's had you know, Lehman Brewster, who beat him. Um, I mean, he's had some go- opponents, but, but yeah, but you're right. He hasn't really been forced to fight. He's yeah. able to be, use that tent pole jab. He's been able to you know, jab and clinch, keep the distance, and win fights. He's been, he was forced in the fight. Two other observations. I've never seen, I haven't seen an uppercut that hard in the heavyweight fight since <laughs> Buster Douglas hit Tyson. Yeah, that, shit that shit was robots. That shit was crazy. For the fact that Klitschko got up from that is insane. The other thing I got to say He is, never went down, by the way, from that. Yeah. The other thing I got to say is this fight makes Tyson Fury even more of a tragedy because Tyson Fury negated everything that Klitschko had to offer. Even though the fight sucked and it I was wasn't... I was to say, he made it ugly and boring. But, but the fact that it wasn't competitive, Tyson Fury just waltzed through that fight. It was boring as shit, so, but it makes, it, it makes you wonder... What a, a healthy, focused Tyson Fury probably is the best heavyweight in boxing. No. 
How can you say no? The man was undefeated. Because when the difference is, is that Klitschko, if you want a boring on boring fight, Tyson Fury took that fight by landing two more punches per round. Like it was like nine punches to seven. Like it was just a sounds boring like, ass fight. Sounds like Andre Ward. Right? Who's Correct. The number one pound for pound fighter in the world. All but, right, continue. Okay, okay. Listen, if you want to compare skills, Fury is not under war. But even there, there's a little bit more output. But even to the same point, Andre Ward can do that and sleepwalk through fights until he got in a fight with the likes of Sergey Kovalev and someone who pushed the pressure. And then you see where the hiccups come. So when he got knocked down, he was able to withstand it, blah, blah, blah. I thought he lost the fight. Cool, he won the fight. Tyson Fury, to me, would be put in that pressure situation by a pressure fighter, like Anthony Joshua, like Deontay Wilder. And that's why we saw a different level of Klitschko as well, because they were thrown into the ring with a pressure fighter. And there's, what, three pressure fighters in the heavyweight division right now? Like, talented pressure fighters? So it's not something Fury's ever had to see before. Same thing with Klitschko. Have you watched Tyson Fury? I've seen Tyson Fury. And you, you're not calling him a pressure fighter. So you haven't watched the no, no, Sora fight? No, I'm saying someone fight. who pressures him. Does well, that make sense? The, but I'm saying these guys have come at him. There's guys that have come at him. Not Tyson to his talent Fury, level. But, but He's always been more talented than everyone. But, that, but my point is it didn't really – the point with, with Tyson Fury is he negated everything Klitschko had to offer, which makes him a smart fighter. He did. Right? He did it in like the, sl- the ugliest way. It, it I, doesn't matter because Floyd does the same shit and yeah, but, wins every but fight. That's his so, style. That's not Fury's style. Does that make sense? It, like but, Ward. But why Floyd? isn't it Fury? But well, my point is Fury can shift the style. That's my point. Okay, I, that, I'll give you that. But to me, in my head, it was if I fight my style, I'm going to lose against Klitschko. So let me completely go off the board and try some like left wing type shit and try to steal the fight. So that style I mean, he, only works against the, Klitschko. But he won the fight handily. But he what did. I'm saying, like, it was like a Tyson smart strategy. Fury, he was unbeaten heading into that fight. He still is undefeated with right. 18 knockouts. And he fought a fight with Klitschko and, and won landslide. Easy, unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. Never in trouble in that fight. Joshua found himself in a shitload of trouble in that fight. The, a Tyson Fury Anthony Joshua fight, if Tyson Fury is focused, is a very intriguing fight. Well, I think that's the next fight. But it's, it's not. still like but Tyson Fury's like 350 pounds. Yeah, I, Tyson Fury, I, I don't even think he'll ever fight again. He's got to lose a ton of weight, stay off the coke. There's a lot of things that the Tyson coke Fury's hurt got to do. Interestingly enough, I don't know why it hurt him so much, but it really doesn't hurt John Jones. Well, because Tyson Fury, I mean, he doesn't care. John Jones still trains like a maniac. Tyson Fury, like when he said he didn't go to the gym, everybody knew he never went to the gym. Like Tyson Fury was, he's a naturally gifted fighter. That's he's crazy. not fun to watch, but that's that's who he is, which just makes him if he's if he's on the top of his game, makes the heavyweight division so much more intriguing. But they have he's to not. make that fight. Even if he's yo, just make the weight. He might be a shell of himself. Well, that's I don't want to see it then. Like I want to see Tyson Fury at the top of his game competing against the uh you know, Joseph Parkers and like that's what I want to see. The, I just don't the think drugs have to get take it. its toll. Yeah. And 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 it is so, so much more more fun with Tyson Fury talking shit. Like there's he brings a lot even though you don't agree with a lot of things he says and I don't. He says some really outlandish shit. I love everything but, he says. He's like a but, great heel. He, him and Bisping are cut from a similar cloth. Yeah, but he I love both. Says. He's a misogynist pig. He's a, he's a fuckface. But the point is is that a guy like him would be great because the heavyweight division is intriguing again with, with Joseph Parker, 
Deontay Wilder. We don't even know where Ortiz is at these days. One day he looks like a world beater. The next day we don't know if he's fighting. There's This division could be very intriguing. Tyson Fury could definitely help it. And I, I wouldn't necessarily pick against Tyson Fury in any fight. You know, I, I think that, that uh, Anthony Joshua fights a toss-up fight. A Deontay Wilder fights a toss-up fight. Hmm. I just wish he'd get his shit together. That's interesting. I mean, I always thought Wilder would beat him, not knock him out. Um, to me, I, I've always envisioned it looking a lot like that Stavern fight, where Wilder somehow just manages to cut off the ring and just pepper people with the right hand. Yeah, Stavern was like a midget. Tyson Fury is a giant. No, he's a giant. I, I just look at like leg movement. and every, You know, Tyson Fury's sneaky agile. He, dude, he like dude. Like I when, when I watch him, he's a big ass dude, but he got some light feet on. Him. He's dude. He's good. He just can't get his shit together. Like it, it's a difference between Tyson Fury good and can't get his shit together, and Adrian Broner good and can't get his shit together. Adrian Broner fights one style of fight. Tyson Fury is he's agile for a heavyweight. He I can might punch. yeah. I might be knocking him for being a chameleon, which might be wrong. I just I don't know. I just I don't. I need to see him against, I guess, elite competition, but I saw him watch Klitschko. So what the hell am I saying? You know, you never know. It's just something I like to see. Something that we just got to keep in the back of our mind. I healthy, think it happens, though. It I don't know how long it takes for him to get healthy. And obviously, Anthony Joshua can't wait forever. But that fight is just huge in, in the UK. And I feel like once Joshua comes to the US, he's kind of like going to fight here all the time. Oh, yeah. It's cool. um, so you kind of have to make that fight now, right? Like the last hurrah for the UK. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's up to Tyson Fury, though. How bad do you want the paycheck? Coke isn't going to buy itself. This is a mega contract. You got to go and get it. Just get yourself in shape for one more fight. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> uh, before we take a break, we got to preview the fight for this weekend that we'll both be at eating Shake Shack. Canelo versus Chavez Jr. Sha- amazing undercard, though. Before we even talk, great undercard on this fight. Um, it's a good undercard. We got some names. We got some, uh, listen, I'm here for the names. I'm okay with the, it. All starts in the names, um, and then progresses from there. I've seen shitty undercards. This is not that. Oh yeah, this is not as shitty as some of the other undercards. That's no. true. Um, but the fight itself, Chavez Jr. Best shape we've seen him in five years. Well, I don't. I don't Six. know if that's true or not. We haven't seen him weigh in yet. I mean, he's, he's not even on weight. Like he. I mean, oh, he I was looked tiny. The, he looks he looks trim, but he, remember he's six foot one. He's a big guy. So you know, oh. even when when I talk to him, which is through a translator, um, <laughs> at the Grand Arrivals, you know, he's not on, he's not quite on weight yet, but he says he's going to be there. So interesting. We'll see. We'll see. Well, just keep him away from the fast food places. He should be fine. Um, Canelo looks like Canelo. Yeah. Canelo over under one eighty three on fight night. Um, he'll be around there. He, I think he'll be like 180. I think he'll be... Yo, I've heard 180 when he fought at 155. I've heard yeah, the he'll... 180s on fight night. Like, I can't wrap my mind around him being able to weigh in nine pounds more and seeing how far he can jump up. Yeah, uh, dude, it's, it's going... This weigh-in is going to be interesting. And it sucks. Like, by the time people listen to this podcast, this is probably... I'm, Probably be like Friday, Saturday. Tomorrow, I've been invited to a private lunch with Yayo Rodriguez that I have to go to. And it's at the same goddamn time as the weigh-in. Ooh. Which is shitty because it's like, why would you guys do this? And it's on like Cinco de Mayo as well. Which, this weigh-in is going to be bananas. Um, And it's like, this is a way I'm very interested in seeing. I I need to see how these guys (laughs) look. I will be there. I don't get invited to secret lunches. There's different levels to this. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I will be at the weigh-ins, and I'll see how both of these guys look. Um, yeah, it's going to be an intriguing fight. I'm just as intriguing to see how they look on fight night as I am on the scales. Because fight night, it's just, I have this vision of Canelo being the bigger guy. And obviously he won't be the taller guy. I still think he's going to be the bigger guy in the fight. Just because Chavez Jr. has said, even in his interview with Kellerman and everything, he's like, yo, he made me cut down to this weight for a reason. He's making me drain myself. So when you drain yeah. yourself, you can't even gain that much weight because you're just going to bloat. Canelo, on the other hand, can gain weight because it's just natural weight. He doesn't have to bloat himself. So it's, it's a hard job. And we saw the same thing with Canelo when he had to drop down for Mayweather. The only fight he couldn't really go up a ton because if you try to hydrate, overhydrate, you look slow and sluggish. So it's yeah. crazy. I just can't wait to see the fight night. I still think Canelo wins. I think he knocks Chavez Jr. out, but everyone else is. I know it shouldn't sway me. I've watched the fights. I've watched their fights. I did the Mexican um, boxer article and everything for champions. I've been watching a ton of fights. I shouldn't be swayed by other people's chatter. But to be honest, everyone thinking Chavez Jr. is about to come in and put in work has me doubting myself a little bit. Um, well, it's hard, man, because it's a wild card. We've, I've watched Chavez Jr. for years. His early fights, um, when people thought he wasn't going to be shit, then he started winning. I never thought he was that good. And it wasn't that I didn't think he was his talent-wise he was that good. I just didn't, didn't think he put in the work. I don't think we've ever seen Chavez at his, at his best, maybe against Andy Lee. Aside from that, Chavez has, you know, you go back to Sergio Martinez fights where he admits he didn't train properly. The Fanfara fight at light heavyweight, which he should have never took because he clearly wasn't in that fight and he got knocked out. Yeah. Um, you know, even the, the Vera fights where, you know, people were like, well, you know, this shouldn't even be competitive. So the issue for me is what version of Chavez do we get? Because this isn't a fight for a title. This is a fight for the pride of Mexico. Like, this is what I should your pappy down. Like you can't take the L in front dude, of your pops. You can't take the like not just in front of your pops. He took the L in front of his pops. But this is Mexican pride. Like this is some next level shit. This fight. And when I showed up to the uh, grand arrivals on Tuesday at the MGM, they were packed. I mean, the lobby was filled with people. They're, this fight is huge. And, you know, people were like, "Oh, it's not going to do a million pay per views." Bullshit. This is going to do a million pay per views. You cannot underestimate the, the Mexican contingency that's going to buy this fight, and boxing fans are going to buy this fight. That being said, Chavez is extra motivated. Um, problem is, he's got lead in his feet. He doesn't move well. He doesn't deal well with moving himself. He's slow. If he catches you, that's a problem. Go back to the Sergio Martinez fight. He does great body work, but he has to catch you. He's going to have a four-inch height advantage, 6'1 to 5'9". Yeah. And he'll have a weight advantage. He'll still be bigger than, than Canelo on fight night. Just I don't know how much bigger he'll be. Um, but in terms of competitive, the only way Chavez wins this fight is by knockout. Canelo, I feel like Amir Khan was what? Six foot? No, Amir Khan. That's 5'11"? Yeah. With heels on. Um, Amir yeah. Khan's not really that tall. Um, Chavez is tall. Uh, so the only way Canelo, Canelo, not Canelo, I'm sorry, Chavez wins this fight is by knockout. He can't outbox Canelo. Canelo puts together his punch as well. Like, people know I rail against Canelo and, and a glove can fight. But there's a lot of people that can't beat Canelo because he doesn't fight like your typical Mexican boxer. He's, he's fast on his feet. He throws punches in bunches. And he has pretty good defense. He doesn't block punches with his head. This he is not fights his... a lot more like Marquez than he does any other Mexican boxer. 
Yeah, like and Marquez was the master counterpuncher. Yeah. He didn't fight like other Mexican fighters. Like Marquez Just a was heavy a Marquez. master. Yeah, I mean Canelo's not as good timely as Marquez. Marquez wasn't as fast as Canelo, but he could time anybody and pick them apart. Like he was a scientist in there. He Canelo cut still angles amazingly well, yeah. but that's Canelo. I mean, he had, he's just getting his grown man body. Marquez yeah, was doing he, this at like 32, 33. He's he's always done this. But so that being said, I think Canelo wins the decision. I don't think people are going to look for a bloodbath, and I think Canelo will be smarter than that to give Chavez opportunities to hurt him because that's really what you're doing. Even though Chavez got knocked out by a light heavyweight in Funfara, he only has you know he only was knocked out in that particular fight. He's been hit with some shots. So I'm not necessarily sure Canelo can get him out of there. But so it has to be Canelo. For me, it's Canelo by decision. Um, I think he's smart. I think he boxes smart. I think Chepo prepares him extremely well. Um, there's there's just a lot of things that Canelo will do better than, than, than Chavez in winning a decision. I just don't think that Canelo's going to take those risks because Chavez does hit like a ton of bricks. And so... But if he gets in those exchanges, the shit can get really interesting. So, you know, I'm looking forward to this fight. I'm excited. No, I am too. I am too. So we'll have a recap, obviously, next week of the fight. We'll let you guys know everything that goes down, our Shake Shack experience, everything around the fight. I'm sure some craziness will happen. Tons of Mexican fans. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Make sure you guys check it out. Right now, we're going to hit the break. When we come back, we're talking MMA. Only a little bit to talk about, but some fun stuff. So stay tuned. Listen up, because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people, now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. It won't take you more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're going to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. And if you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes Amazon.com gift card. Right? You know, like, do it for free. Do it for the gift. And if there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please do us this solid and go to the cornersurvey.com. Once again, that's the cornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like. And then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out. I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. What up, everybody? We are back. We're talking MMA as promised. Not much going down, but we're still talking more and saying more than Nick Diaz, excuse me, Nate Diaz said on the MMA Hour this week. Special guest. Everyone was hyped for Wednesday. I wrote an article, five things he might do. He ain't do shit. He told us he was going to do exactly what he's been doing which is not fighting and looking at everyone else in the division make money. Even though it's not yeah. his style money, but he never made that style money before Connor. I don't know what he's thinking. Um, he's Nate Diaz and he fights. He's a prize fighter. Uh, dude, it, it was the weirdest interview because it turned into uh, like a, an impromptu episode of MTV Cribs. 
where he took Helwani on a tour of his house and showed him like his sneakers. It was just, it was weird. Um, but the thing I took most out of that is the fact that, yeah, he says he's not fighting in 2017, which for the right price, he will. And I feel like WME IMG is going to get desperate sooner than later without Connor fighting. Um, and then he said he's not interested in fighting Connor a third time. Which, That's a lie. Yeah, we, dude, everything is about him getting paid. That's it. Like the money he made, this is what I'm talking about. Nate Diaz is older. If he was like 19, he would have been completely different. A 32-year-old Nate Diaz just got a ton of money to fight Conor McGregor. He lives in Stockton, California, right? Yeah. Doesn't give a shit about anything. So he buys his bikes. He races his bikes. He gets stuff given to him, as he showed in his, in his Cribs episode on the Hawani show. And he, he pockets the money. So what's the Russian fighting if because you're not getting paid for it? Your window is so short that you can – you may have enough money now you think to last you but it's always nice to have more in the bank to last you. who needs the who needs who more right now though nate diaz or, the, or the, does nate diaz need the ufc or does ufc need nate diaz no ufc needs nate diaz ufc There's needs anyone <laughs> Any, they, that's they don't have a star in sight and i would say right now casual fans he's a bigger draw than gsp you might be right, and th- but that's my point. They're like his, this is. Uh, I'm not saying Nate Diaz is smart enough to be posturing for more money, but this <laughs> is exactly what he's doing. He's he's putting himself in the position to, for the UFC to cough up more money from the fight. Listen, so we I, would say the same thing, but he called out Conor McGregor randomly, and we're like, Nate Diaz calling out Conor? One, you're not in the same weight division. Two, you're not even ranked in the top five. What do you do? Why does he care? After the Michael Johnson fight, he really talked himself into that shit. So he might he, be a he, secret genius. He's Nate Diaz fights for money, and he, he beats up on people that he thinks he could beat. Like, if you fight Nate Diaz's style of fight, he'll probably beat you. Like, the, smart, the smartest thing to do is to not fight a Nate Diaz style of fight. Ask Donald Cerrone. He got talked completely out of his fight. Michael Johnson talked completely out of their game, got caught up in, in, in Nate Diaz's bullshit, and got beat. Conor McGregor got caught in their first fight, got caught up in the Nate Diaz shit, thinking you can watch him. Dude, Nate Diaz is tough. He may not have the best record, but if you fight a stand-up fight with Nate Diaz, you're in trouble. Josh Thompson is the only person to knock him out. That could knee. It was a knee or a head kick? Um, Yeah, some wild shit. It wasn't with a punch. And he didn't knock him out. It got stopped, and Nate Diaz hated the stoppage. Yeah, of course. He's Nate Diaz. But that's my like. he's in a position now where he doesn't have to fight because he doesn't need the money. Like, he wants it, but he, he'd rather hold out for a bigger paycheck than to take some rinky-dink paycheck to fight Tony Ferguson. Yeah. And on top of that, like, fighting Tony Ferguson, what does that really do for Nate Diaz? Um, you know what I'm saying? If anything, the only reason you do it is if you think you can beat Tony Ferguson and go title for title with Conor, because that nets you probably another mil. Yeah, but there's a risk there. If Nate Diaz loses to Tony Ferguson... Then he doesn't that- get the Conor fight and you crap out. So right, and you, <laughs> and you crap out making a few million less, too, because I guarantee you they're not paying him a million to fight Tony Ferguson. No, nah, they'll probably give him seven fifty. So, yeah, no, you, you go from probably after pay-per-view points, whew, you go from six mil. You're, you're really gambling. Do I take 1.2 against Tony, Tony Ferguson with pay-per-view points? Or, they're not paying him 1.2 million to fight Tony Ferguson? I, I think, guarantee, he, I think he's off. guaranteed seven fifty. I don't think so. And then he'd get pay-per-view points. No, he, they won't give him pay-per-view points. They just gave Overeem 750 and it would be on 213. He'd get yeah, but, pay-per-view points. 
it's different, right? Like with Nate Diaz, given his record and everything else, he's an, I don't think they'll. I think he'll. The offer's record. They gave Mark Hunt and Reed. Dude, I I I get that. What I'm saying is, what the UFC offered Nate Diaz, I guarantee you wasn't seven fifty. Oh, maybe I'm high. Yeah, maybe I'm you know highballing it. But I, I think they would offer him seven fifty to be a pay per view headliner for an interim I mean, he, title. He was offered the fight. Yeah, I think it would be offered seven fifty and seven fifty plus pay per view points is one point two, one point one because you're not selling like that. And I think you turned it down because you were guaranteed one point five against Connor. Damn near. You're like, yo, this is my guarantee. I I, I can guarantee you because two thirteen has what appears to be two title fights. Correct. You're gonna add Nunez and Shevchenko, and we're gonna get Cody and TJ. Yeah. And then we have T. Uh, Diaz and Ferguson, which Diaz and Ferguson for interim title is probably not the main event. Really? Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw headline the Ultimate Fighter with as much beef as those two have. It, no, it'd probably. still be. I mean, it'd still be Nate Diaz and the highest weight. The highest weight class for the title goes up top, unless you're Conor McGregor. Title. It's for an interim title. Ah, I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. So, so what I'm saying is the offer probably came in. It was probably like it was. It wasn't what you which. Think it's five? Probably. No, you Probably can't fight five. it for five. You can't fight but, it for five. But that's my point. And the points, because they have to spread the points between the champions. Yeah, right? all so, six of them get pay-per-view so, points. So, so that's, my, that's, my pro- <laughs> that's my point here. So, so yeah, you're Diaz, topping out at like a mil, if that. Like, I don't think they offer Nate Diaz that kind of money. And that's why he turned turn down. I don't think Nate Diaz would turn down a million dollars right now. But the gamble would be, because in your head you're thinking, okay, I get 900000 even if we go with the five hundred thousand guaranteed, so I get the nine hundred thousand to a million dollar payday here. If I lose, I walk with a mill. That's it. It's the last million dollar paycheck I'm going to make from this company. If I win, I am now probably guaranteed around three mil in the Connor fight, and then pay per view points on top of that. So right, you're this- gambling on a future four and a half or nothing, yeah. or you just try to wait it out and say Connor wants to fight me anyway. So whenever it goes down, I'm gonna make this three to four mil. So but, I might as well wait. That's exactly what Nate Diaz is doing. I think he's just gonna wait it out because interest for a Conor McGregor fight isn't going anywhere. No, and I think Conor's interest is still there, and that's what counts. In Conor's so, mind, that's the fight he wants. Yeah, and the only thing that ha- the only the worst case scenario is Conor fights Floyd. Conor says, "Fuck this, I'm out," because that's very possible. You know what I'm saying? Like you make seventy five million in a fight. That's what Espinosa thinks. He makes seventy five mil and say, "Yo, I'm done with this." Yeah, like, why am I fighting? Like, because all right, why am I going back down to five mil? That's, that, the that's what I was say. Nobody has considered what happens after fight. Conor fights Floyd, win or lose, the check that he gets. You mean to tell me the UFC like he's going to come back to two million a fight? Yeah, to fight a full yeah, after like you got to yo, you got to really think about it because either Conor's going to be like, you need to pay me twenty million a fight, or I'm going to retire. Oh, God. He, he's not going to fight for two million. Kind of fights Floyd for seventy five million. He's not coming back to the UFC to headline shit for two million. You gotta give him ten. And and is the UFC gonna do that? Probably uh, not. That's a horrible precedent to set. But it's it's this is what Connor does. That's that's the disadvantage. Connor like, has if, them by the balls. Though. Yeah, like if Connor if if Connor if you're the UFC and you allow Connor to fight Floyd, there has to be some some verbiage in the contract that states that you're coming back to the UFC for X amount of fights. Yeah. Yeah, if not, we're going to sue you for everything you just made from Floyd. 
like you have to put that verbiage in, in there. And I guarantee you, Connor's be like, no. But it, it, you know, you have to cap what Connor makes because, dude, you're gonna you're gonna change the entire sport. Because if Nate Diaz sits there and watches Connor get washed by Floyd for seventy five million, and Connor to come back ask for like twenty million to fight Nate Diaz, you think Nate Diaz is gonna sit back and take one point five, two point five? Yo, you think Nate's gonna ask for like six? Dude, why wouldn't he? Because he's gonna say, "I beat Conor McGregor. Five. We should be getting almost even money." That's what this is how Nate Nate doesn't oh think. Oh my god! That Nate doesn't play games no, with that's the a business. horrible precedent. <laughs> this is how, dude. I guarantee you that this is how it will go. There's no way that Nate will look at Conor make that kind of money, knowing he beat Conor. But Not thankfully, would, the UFC controls who fights who, so. They would just give the fight to Tony Ferguson and say, Nate, you're just not fighting for us again. Because you're smart enough to have the W against Connor and try to hold us hostage. But these other guys who've only made 300,000, 400,000 fight will surely jump at this 2 million. So you just got to sit your ass on the side and he's going to fight number one contenders. But, but, but you, you think Woodley what, wouldn't take 2 million tomorrow? But you, you know what Connor says? I make the most money fighting Nate Diaz. Then you tell Connor, like, yo, we're going to put you in there against Woodley. You're going to try for a third belt. Or you, it, that's dude, it. Like, but, we're going to give the you other something. Problem. Here's the other problem. And not to harp on this too much longer. Connor fights Floyd at 147. You think he's going to fight Woodley immediately at 170? No. Who's, who's a giant? No, he has to take 155. That, dude, there's so many issues that are packaged. Like, people watch the Diaz interview. Yeah, it was a bunch of shit. He didn't say a whole lot. But there's a lot in there to unpack. And, and you have to really look at Connor's negotiating position coming out of a Mayweather fight, win or lose, to come back to the UFC. Because everybody knows the fight that people want to see is Connor and Nate 3. All those other fights sound good, but none of them are as big as Connor and Nate 3. And if Nate sees Connor make a ton of money and come back and negotiate for a ton of more money than he's getting, Nate is going to lose well, his he, mind. He'd have to make that shit worth it. They better, they better hype it up enough to get. Two mil pay per view buys. I don't. I don't 2. think it's going to be that 2. difficult. I don't think it's that difficult because Connor, to get those numbers. Yeah, I, I think Connor, like a Connor Nate three, could do two million buys on the heels of Floyd. That's uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, I mean, dude, Connor's a bigger star no matter what happens against Floyd Mayweather. As long as he stays upright. Yeah. He, he like if the fight if sucks, he touches him and you get a ooh, he doesn't even have to rock him. If he if it just looks like he hits Floyd hard, that's it. It's the ultimate victory. Like his like all I'm saying, his negotiating position is in a much better place after the Floyd fight, and he puts the UFC in a tough position. And but then Nate Diaz is not stupid. He's not like no disrespect to Tyron Willie, Tony Ferguson, and everybody else, but Nate Diaz knows he beat Conor McGregor the first time and believes he beat him the second time. Conor knows he beat Nate the second time and knows he lost the first time. Mm. Nate feels like he's in a better negotiating position. This is Nate Diaz. He's not going to do the UFC is in a bad spot all the way around. Not good. Not good for them. Um, we touched on. Let's go through the list real quick so we can hit the next break. Uh, Cyborg fight kind of confirmed. She's going to fight somebody at 214. Yeah, probably be Megan Anderson. I really don't think Jermaine Durandamy wants this fight. I think she. I just got this title. Why are you doing this to me? Because we only got this title because she wasn't healthy. So... You, in mind, you know that ain't your damn title. You were a fill-in, yeah. and you knew this was coming. You're lucky she wasn't healthy and could have watched you that night. Yeah, but she, that's that's the whole reason why she fought it in the first place. So you see like that, the whole like reason it just sits back and be like, oh, well, hopefully Megan Anderson wins. Yeah, like Deuteronomy looking right now, saying the only reason she fought for this newly appointed title is because 
Cyborg wasn't there. And Holly Holm's highly beatable. So she took the fight, beat Holly Holm in a narrow fight, and why put it at risk to get killed by Cyborg, right? So instead, it's like, I just had surgery. Make money. Yeah, do you? But it was like, <laughs> yeah. like yes. Because, yes, because, I mean, to fight Cyborg, though, like, you look at Jermaine, she's going to hope Cyborg gets popped by Usada. She's going to hope Cyborg fights somebody else. And the, her leverage is, I just had surgery. That, I mean, that's, that's how you look at it. I don't think, like, I don't think Jermaine wants to get killed by Cyborg. I mean, come on, man. People are smart. Like, there's a certain point where you go, nah, it's not really worth it to get killed. Well, when you're smart, you probably don't want to get punched in the face for a living. But this is what they do. So when you choose to do this as a career, you fight, especially when you're the champion, whoever the hell is next up. And the not person Jermaine. next up is uh, the person whose belt it really should be, the person they created the division for. When your division only has three people in it. Yeah, I just don't think Jermaine wants this fight. I, I really think that she's looking at having surgery, wants to be at 100%, and is, would like to fight somebody else. But if she can't, I don't think she wants to fight Cyborg in July or yeah, August, whenever. The, well, like, I think that she wants to push July. that fight back. Like, she wants to be ready so she has the best chance possible, which is slim to none. Yeah, she's so, going to get washed regardless. Stop, yeah. stop, denying, stop delaying the inevitable. Um, the last thing to touch on, women's strawweight division is coming. Not guaranteed. The UFC doubled back on that. Sent an email, said, whoops, not really. So, <laughs> Ain't that it's, fly, it's a flyweight really division. I, it's a flyweight division, but I, I'm not oh, sure. Excuse me, it's flyweight. Yep. Yeah. So, the, you know, for MMA media, we got a press release yesterday saying the Ultimate Fighter is going to introduce the flyweight division. And it's open to um, women who are already on the roster and people to try out. And then a few hours later, we got another email that said, well, not really. And then Dana <laughs> White told Kevin Ioli at Yahoo, was like, nah, it was premature. Which all, which makes me think, like, dude, they're going to open up this weight class. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, well, now I'm less hyped up about it because I thought the flyweight division could be really dope. I thought it could make for one of the best seasons of the Ultimate Fighter because for the first time there's a possibility to have current top five talent in you know various weight classes compete on the Ultimate Fighter, which why wouldn't you say, you know, someone like Claudia Galdeja or like, so you have Claudia, you have Carolina, you have these women who may just be a notch behind the champion. But yo, all you thing you have to do is maintain a weight 10 pounds higher than your current division and you can end up in the end of it with the belt. So why not? Like, just go through this house real quick. Like, it, it's not far-fetched to think like, yo, if I'm third or fourth in my weight class at 115, or even at 135, if I can push it, let me drop down and just get this belt real quick in a month's time. Well, that's the problem. It's because you still have to fight for the ultimate fighter. Um, I don't think anybody's itching to go into that house. Like, to make weight every week and to be miserable in that house. But when you're like, at 115, you make it 10 pounds higher. But, I'm, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you still got to make weight. You still have to be ready to fight, right? Like, mm -hmm. the ultimate fighter, the biggest issue that we've always seen is people getting hurt. And people fighting on super short notice. Now, if I'm a pro with a UFC contract already, you know, there's a higher risk of losing fighting in back-to-back -back weeks. Some of them don't want to do that. Now, obviously, somebody like Joanna, she's just going to wait wherever the fuck it is. She's, I'm going to come at you. Like, whoever gets the belt coming out of the house, I'm going to go after them. Yeah, it's going to be title for title if she's still the champion. Right. So it's like you look at Joanna's situation, she's going to wait. Somebody like Claudia is hoping that Joanna leaves. Because one of the two is like either Joanna leaves or I'm leaving. 
But I don't know if these <laughs> women are going to be itching to jump into the Ultimate Fighter house to make peanuts on, on that show. That's the other thing. Yeah, remember, these, this, it's amateur fights. They don't even go on your record until the main, the main fight on the finale. If you had so, to guess, the show goes down. Is Mackenzie on the show? Kenzie Dern, she doesn't even make weight. She doesn't make weight. She can't make weight in her fights now. Well, I don't know. Listen, man. Last time she was at the tournament, she said it was an illness, not weight. I'm dude, relaying her. Like three times, dude. She's twice. Missed weight. <laughs> she's missed but, weight but she missed weight twice in pro fights and once in a grappling contest. The grappling contest, she said, was an illness, not weight. Ain't nobody listening to like that's what I'm saying. Like to put Mackenzie Dern in the Ultimate Fighter house, that won't happen. Dana will sign her to a lucrative deal without the Ultimate Fighter. Well, don't put yourself at risk. She's not going to do it. To have to make weight like back to back weeks fighting for nothing. Yeah. No, she's not going to do it. All right. I was just gauging the probability of Mackenzie Dern on television every week. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We got to come back and talk wrestling. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we got to talk about New Japan, which was dope. And your favorite, the House of Horrors match. So you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air it's that great and this is how we get our sleep so you guys make sure that you check it out casper mattresses are made in the usa and have free shipping and returns to the u.s and canada shout out to the great north you can buy your casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk-free look dude you spend like a third of your life sleeping and casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit Look, so if you aren't satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping. By, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep, and these things are for real. What up, everybody? We're back talking wrestling. We're going to jump into New Japan here in a second because that's really what Andreas wants to talk about because it's so much better in the WWE right now that it's maddening. Um, if you guys don't have New Japan World, go get it. It's not expensive. Um, you know, just cough up a little bit of dough every month. You guys will enjoy it so much. Get this quality wrestling in your life. But first, we got to start. Charlotte's nudes leaked. Uh, it, it leaked when we're recording this. So it's Thursday. I was at work all day. I caught like a quick glance like of a couple pictures. Everyone else is telling me like, yo, don't even go back and revisit that. It's not. It's not top notch. Um, she didn't do it with flair. Let's say that. <laughs> Have you seen these pictures? Even though you're happily married, man, it's okay. Your wife doesn't listen to the podcast. Have you seen the pictures? What do you think about it? I haven't seen the pictures. You haven't uh, seen the pictures. No. How do you how do you read nudes on your timeline and not take a glimpse? Because I haven't looked at my timeline. Um, 
that like I've been so busy with Chavez and Alvarez and then editing and everything else. Like I haven't even really looked at my timeline. And then plus I didn't want to have like New Japan spoil because I saw that being talked about in my mentions, so I muted my mentions. Um, I you know I hadn't caught up on, on SmackDown on Raw, so I muted all that. I muted our group me chat, so I didn't see. I have no idea what's going on. Um, but right before the show, yeah, I saw Charlotte leaked, and I was like, oh, ugh, okay. And I haven't, yeah, I haven't looked yet. Okay, so I, everyone's telling me it's like 2014 Charlotte, which is like, uh, I'm sure, you know, she's better now. She got this main roster money, probably had a couple upgrades. But I still wouldn't have thought it'd be bad. Right? Like, how does it, you know what? I don't, I don't know. I, I thought it'd be decent. Not not everyone can be Paige. Paige is now like the, the gold standard. Is she? Yeah. She's like uh, the Amber Rose of WWE yeah. nudes. Amber Rose has the best nudes ever to hit the internet. Rihanna's weren't bad. Rihanna's weren't bad, but there's there's nothing better than Amber Rose nudes. Like, we, we can have a whole ranking show on nudes. Amber Rose is number one. She's number one seed. We're about to talk about Battle of the Super Juniors. She'd be the favorite to win <laughs> the tournament O nudes. Um, uh. But even with that, I didn't think Charlotte, I don't know. I had higher hopes for Charlotte. From what I saw, I was like, eh, womp, womp, womp. Yeah, I don't, uh, no. One, they, yo, you're going to have to take I, a glimpse at this when you're not as busy. For the culture, for the culture, you have to take a look at this. Dude, the only person that I would be super excited for would be Naomi, but hey, I don't think that's gonna happen. The Usos will put the the squash on that. Um, but yeah, Charlotte. I mean, I don't look I at mean, Charlotte would, and be like, mm, nah. yeah. You know my stance on Naomi. Naomi's cool. I guess I would look at her nudes. I'd look, of course, but uh, I don't know. How do you not say JoJo or Sasha Banks? JoJo's nudes. Oh, JoJo's great. not a wrestler. That's not even fair. <laughs> no, that's fair. fair. It counts. She's no. with the company. Yeah, but that yeah, that's 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 the like. Come on, JoJo. It's a completely different story. We're talking about active wrestlers on the roster. Oh no, no. Like I've we've I've seen Lana. She was on uh the hell was that damn show called? Yeah, she was on like a Skinamax. What was the Skinamax? It was a show, and I can't even think what the show is called right now. Somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna hit me and be like, "Idiot, it's this," and I, I don't know why because I watched. Uh, God damn it, forget it. I can't think of the name, and I watched the damn series. But she was on there, and that's why when I saw her wrestle, I was like, "Hey, that's old girl that was getting done up in the bathroom." But <laughs> the rest of the main roster don't let Rusev hear you. No, obviously not. Well, uh, shit, he knows. Come on. Um, but yeah, the main roster is like you know Charlotte. That it, that didn't make me jump. Like it was like ooh Charlotte, and I was like. Mm. I mean, Paige wouldn't have made me jump with anticipation either. But what about Sasha? She was you know now we know a whole bunch different about Paige. Yeah, what about Sasha? You mean what about Sasha? Of course, like yo, when I say Sasha nudes leak, I'm running out of the news station at Channel 13, like the Ultimate Warrior running down the ramp. I am oh. running. Off of the news desk, through the little front door, through the glass doors, across the street, so I'm not on their Wi-Fi, not even clocking out for lunch, and enjoying these news. Full sprint. All right. Okay. It's very detailed. I get it. But you should know. That that is how it's going down. So please, no one, don't, 
don't listen to this and then be a jerk and just at me and be like, yo, Sasha News leaked. So I got to run out and I get across the street and you just hit me with a stupid meme or something and in the link and I'm just tight. That is the easiest way. I don't block anybody. That's how I block you. So don't be that person. Um, let's talk about New Japan. As I pull up the Sasha Nudes. Or not Sasha, <laughs> the Charlotte Nudes. The not Sasha Nudes. Yeah, that's not great. She's overly buff and skinny at the same time. Okay. Yeah, let's... Eh. Not for me. Not for me. All uh, right. Uh, New Japan had their pay-per-view. Pronounce it for the people, because I don't want to mispronounce it. Uh, what's it? What's it? Dontaku? Dontaku, yeah. Dontaku. Okay, listen. I'm not... I'm not Mauro. I can't pronounce everything. Um, good pay-per-view. Stuff I liked. Ricochet. Really, to me, standing out as more than just a uh, junior heavyweight. Um, he's filling out. He really has a little bit of a character now. Obviously, you don't have to cut promos and talk and stuff to be the man. I think they're giving him a higher platform. You might see him you know, run with the Intercontinental title or something. Um, Okada versus... Or excuse me. Omega versus Ishii, good match. Uh, it's not Okada Omega. People can stop with that. But it was very good. Match of the night, easily. And then Okada versus Bad Luck Fale. Which, yeah. you know what? It was better than I thought. Okada can have a good match with anyone, right? It's yeah. Him and AJ Styles are 1A, 1B. So, no. Bad Luck Fale is like, whatever. What do you mean they're not 1A? No, I, I wouldn't. I, Who I are like you putting better? Than, oh, okay, he's not on AJ's level. No, I think he's close. I mean, I, I mean, you know, Okada's has great matches with everybody. You're right; he has great matches with a lot of people. Um, I think he, but I think he's two. I don't think it's like a one A one B. I think like AJ Styles right now is the best wrestler on the planet. I would agree, could, but Okada's like right. Like if AJ's the best, Okada's like breathe on his neck. Yeah, I, no, I like I, I'm saying I just don't think it's a tie. I think Okada's number two, um, and, and and that's that's not a knock on Okada whatsoever. It's just that when watching AJ and what he did with Nakamura, what he did with Okada, and then him going to the WWE and still having a high standard of matches against John Cena, against Roman Reigns, that's like the difference maker. Super no way, Yeah, that's that's really like Okada's doing this in New Japan where work rate is cherished and valued. What is right? Okada? Hey, Okada is twenty eight. There's almost a ten year difference. Yeah. In age, uh, he got time. Uh, you know, we'll see how it, it pans out. But yeah, uh, I do. We do have to talk immediately about the Ishii and uh, Omega match because, yeah, that was a match. Um, that final stretch was amazing, and, and it only just further leads me to say that New Japan is this is the best quality wrestling from New Japan in a stretch that I've ever seen. Ooh. Like from. From Wrestle Kingdom to um, for the New Year's Dash and how everything changed up, like everything that New Japan has done has damn near had a five star match on it. Okada and uh, Suzuki Gun, uh, dude, uh, dude, there's just been nothing but great matches. Takahashi, I mean, they, Naito and Naito's LG, killing. I mean, dude, this is like I've watched New Japan for a while. And I cannot remember a time where we haven't even had a dud of a, of a show yet. And, like, every show has had one match that is damn near a five-star match, if it's not a five-star match. Like, no, this, definitely. This is the best I've seen their singles. And tag team divisions kind of flounder. 
tag team division is fine with me. I mean, you know, I thought the to war me, it's, machine. It's ROH though, like right? Yeah, I mean, it's he, not there, guys. The, the heavyweight picture. Well, I mean, Gorilla's Destiny is. Eh, uh, Tamatanga is a breakout star. He's going. He's he'll he's probably about to have be a, for a solo run. Yeah, it's G one should he should have a great run this year. I would think it seems like he's on the verge, but I'm not. I mean, the tag team division is not bad. Even the never open weight. Uh, title is great, and the, and the six man title, like everything, is clicking with New Japan. Um, even like even watching the Tiger Mask, those guys get in there, which is Kota Ibushi. I can't believe he's still wrestling under a Tiger Mask. Still, uh, still great match. Yeah, like everything, like Takahashi's been like a godsend because he was already good in CMAA, but now he comes to New Japan and smokes Kushida. Well, he broke and, out what last year. In, yeah, uh, I mean, but you know, anybody watching him in CMAA knew what he had. Like he, everybody knew he was going to be great. But he's just—he's been exceptional. Um, and this this best of Super Juniors tournament. These brackets are—I mean, it's ridiculous. Yo, it's so one-sided, though. Well, it's one-sided based on name recognition, but it's really like this is. There's going to be very interesting matches. I mean, my my boy Marty Skrull is in this shit. Like, yo, yes, Block A has like the worldly value. Block B is like really Japan-centered. Um, like Juice and Ligers in there and Bushi and everybody else, but I'm excited. Like Super Junior should be really good this year. No, it definitely should. Um, I mean, Dragon Lee is on Block A. Dragon Lee is great too. So Dragon Lee, Takahashi, Skrull, Ricochet, Osprey. Where do you have a bad match? Juice and Thunder Liger. <laughs> he's your he's your relaxation match. And Man, knowing I... them, they book him to win three in a row, like yeah. to open up. It's it's yeah, and that, that's the other thing. The booking has been really good in New Japan as well. Like everybody looked at them losing AJ and and Gallows and Anderson and Nakamura was like, ah, oh, New Japan's in trouble. They haven't been better. Uh, they haven't missed a step. Yeah, who's which Tiger Mask is this? I don't know. Tiger Mask Four. I don't know who's Tiger Mask. I don't. I don't know which ones is which. Yeah, if, if it's to yeah, it might be a Bushi. If it's a Bushi, then that's really good on the block. B, um, Kushida's on Block B. It's interesting. Uh, and ACH. Yeah. Which I really it, like. ACH is actually pretty much due for a breakout run here. I mean, like, Taguchi, when Taguchi, like, Volador Jr. has been excellent. You know, it's Taguchi, uh, Kenamaro El Desperado, part of Suzuki Gun Stable. Like, dude, Block B is good. There's going to be, like, this is going to be good. I, like, I can't even make a prediction who's going to win. Because it seemed like, um, you know, it seems like Takahashi has to win, but he's already the champ, so he doesn't really have to win. Um, and you, it, you know, Marty Squirrel's like he's like a dark horse; he's coming straight out of ROH into this. So, and I can't see them doing two ROH guys. I can't see them doing like Skrull and ACH. But it could be, you know, could Kushida get a revamped career and find himself against Takahashi again? Could you? Be, could we get a Kushida Dragon Lee? Like, there's so many ways this could go. This yeah, is I mean, this is gonna be good. If Abushi is that Tiger Mask, let Tiger Mask run it. Yeah, and, they you know a Tiger Mask. Well, listen, Tiger Mask been putting in good matches. Even like, though it's supposed to be anonymous and there's four people playing the character. Dude, it's Takamichinoku's in this damn thing. I mean, dude. <laughs> Yo, he is. <laughs> if, if you, uh, the bottom line is, if you're not watching New Japan, if you have a subscription to WWE and don't have a subscription in New Japan, and you call yourself a wrestling fan, you're a liar. So go get yourself a New Japan subscription. I'm not even getting paid for this. I can't even speak Japanese. And those guys don't know me. <laughs> but it's just the simple fact is, watching the taco this weekend and watching every New Japan show, 
It's just we've had like we're heading towards an Omega and an Okada match. Oh, oh called them out. Yeah, it's, it's going to be like there's there's so much goodness. What's the next in paper? New Japan. Uh, well, it's the best Super Juniors, which starts towards the end of the month. Yeah, so the next the pay-per-view New is Japan. Like the um, I can't remember. Yeah, it's a big one. It's like their SummerSlam, right? Because nah, after this, you go right into um, G1. G1. So G1's this is nice. like, yeah, this is like the sandwich, the big event sandwich between the big tournaments. Oh, it's Dominion. That's why. Duh. Yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, Dominion's huge every year. So it's, it's every year, good. I swear, the champion loses the belt at Dominion, goes into G1, and has to work their way back in. Except well, I don't year. think. Yeah, I don't think Okada's losing this strap, so I think he's going to hold on to it for a while. Uh, he could lose to Omega, but... Yeah, I think he loses to Omega. Goes into G1. Earns it. It's, Omega's so good right now, and you know the one wing angels become like the death move. If he hits it, you're done. And they've established that. That's another thing. Like, in WWE, finishers like, dude, whatever. You hit it, anybody can kick out of it. The one wing angels become like the murder-death kill of New Japan. If he hits you with it, it's a wrap. Yeah. So... It's exciting. Now, let's talk about the shittiness that is WWE. Yeah, man. We spent so much time talking about New Japan. We're hype. <laughs> um, payback. Pay-per-view. Uh, let's go real worst. quick. Jericho won. I know you didn't like that. I didn't mind. Nope. It. He dropped the belt I, right back. But why? What was even the point? I don't know. I feel like it's just in their contract to win at a certain amount of pay-per-views. At this C- point, like, it has to be, right? Couldn't Kevin Owens just murder Jericho at the pay-per-view and still be champion? You would think. Um, like, why or unless they wanted Jericho on SmackDown for when he returns after his hiatus. Oh, come on, I don't care. Um, anyway. Alexa Bliss, champion. That, this was also... I like Alexa Bliss as champion. I just think beating Bailey in her hometown was kind of stupid. Everyone losing their hometown. It's the, yeah, but it's, it's a new the, thing. Ha, this is my problem. It's not necessarily Bailey losing in her hometown. It's like, why now? Because... She just got the damn title. She just beat Charlotte on a pay-per-view and broke the street. Bailey's booking has been dreadful. They should have never let her win the title. Exactly. You should want to root for her to win. And then having losing the hometown, it's like, well, what the hell's the point? Yeah. It didn't endear her to anyone. Um, Broken Hardys coming soon. Dot, dot, dot. Seems like it. I mean, they, they, they... did delete on Raw. I mean, it seems like whatever's going on, they're going to figure it out. Cesaro and Sheamus, they turned heel and nobody cared. Yeah. Even though I was, at the moment, I was like, okay, dope. Sheamus is obviously a natural heel. And heel Cesaro could be really interesting. We've seen heel Cesaro before. Cesaro when did we see Cesaro? Dude, he was a heel, like, almost a year and a half ago. Really? Like, he I, was, no, I always liked Cesaro. He was a heel with Heyman. But th- that's the point. No, yeah, Cesaro. yeah. It gets back then. He's always going to be the same guy who we root for to win, and he never wins. Like, yeah. he's never, he's stuck in a tactic with Sheamus, for Christ's sake. Uh, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> oh, the match of all matches. House of Horrors, Bray Wyatt. Split. It was so good. It had to be split into two different matches. This was a piece of shit. This was, this was one of the worst matches that I've watched because, again, even though I predicted it, right, I said Mahal and the Singh brothers would interfere and cost Orton a match. It's the only way to extend this feud. Why did they even start in the house? It, it meant absolutely nothing. And then, <laughs> and then how did Randy Orton show up to the ring before Bray Wyatt? Did he Uber from under the refrigerator? He had to Uber. That's the only way to get there. Then, for continuity's sake, we know this pay-per-view is going on during the daylight. In California, 
yet the House of Horrors match starts at nighttime. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't yeah. planned out well. This this was. And I why mean, does Bray Wyatt and Sister Abigail live in Seattle? I thought he was from Baton Rouge. This is. I mean, all of this this match was dumb. Did nothing for anybody in the match. It was pointless. It was gimmicky. It was lame. The wrestling itself wasn't good. Nothing was good about this match. This match, like, if I could give it zero stars, I'd give it zero stars. It was a dud. It was a piece of shit. It did nothing for anybody. I hated it. <laughs> I, I was intrigued when it was just in the house. And yeah. in a funny, kind of bad way. No different than we watched all the Broken Hearty stuff in TNA. Good, yeah, but you, good film quality. I'll tell you that but, much. That shit was no, shot I, like a real movie. Here, here's, my, here's my thing. Like, the Hardys, you knew not to take it seriously. Like, they didn't even take it seriously. They treated this match like we were supposed to take it seriously. Like the babies, the baby dolls hanging in the room, like the commentary was all super serious. Like the broken hearties, like we all laughed because we all do this. Like there's a drone chase scene. Like it was all ridiculous. Like this is ridiculous, but this was like a horror movie that took itself way too seriously, but it was goofy and low budget. Like <laughs> it, it just was. This was dumb, man. Like, everything about this was dumb. And it, it doesn't make... Like, I hope Randy Orton loses to gender now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the next thing. Um, well, hold on. Strowman wins clean and then gets beat up or then beats himself up in the post-show. I don't understand. Another stupid thing. Like, look. He left so like- strong and then, I'm not finished with you. And then just comes running through shit. <laughs> look, I, look, the next match should be Strowman against an ambulance. Fuck Roman Reigns. The ambulance Ro- put up a better fight. That's what I'm saying. Strowman in the ambulance, great. That should happen. Um, we, uh, then then, then the, the, the match that got completely overlooked and ruined because of bad booking was Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins. It happened after the House of Warriors match, and the crowd was just like, eh. And it wasn't really, it was an okay match. It wasn't even that good. Was this a, like, this pay-per-view sucked. No, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> it, it wasn't was, bad. It, it was, was much bad. better. I'll tell you this. It was much better watching it live with twitter that's bad <laughs> that's like the fact that you could get through it because other people are shitting on it that makes it bad it's bad it was bad like just let's just be real like i watched it the day after by myself with no twitter with nobody else just sitting there and i was like yo this is so bad it's bad 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 <laughs> all right so then we get to raw and smackdown bad really nah. raw was unbearable I will tell you this much. I watched 30 minutes total overall. Um, Cesaro and Sheamus' heels, Broken Hardy tees, uh, Wyatt versus Finn, which I am intrigued by. Well, I'm not. And here's why. Because what they just did to Bray Wyatt. Wyatt. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I, now I he's going to job like, out to Finn. Yeah. Like, I feel like that triple threat match was actually pretty good at the end of Raw with, with Finn, Seth, and uh, The Miz. The problem is, is that it was for the Intercontinental title, which is main eventing Raw, which Brock Lesnar has a heavyweight title hostage, well, the universal title. He has it hostage, and he's never being seen again. Then we go into a Balor and Bray Wyatt feud where Bray Wyatt has lost all of his momentum and is going to lose to Finn Balor. And then we clearly are going back into another match with Seth Rollins and Samoa Joe. But then the winner is The Miz, who's back into a feud with Dean Ambrose again? Again. Like people who watched Raw before and never watched SmackDown? So they're just like, yo, we're just going to revamp this because they weren't watching before anyway. Bad, 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 bad. Like, this was just, it was bad. It was bad. Like, it just made no sense. 
dude, coming off of a, a, a pretty meh WrestleMania, WWE hasn't done anything to win me over. I have apathy towards the product right They're now. champions not even on the television. Yeah, which I didn't mind unless you you know if you can make everything else worth talking about. But Raw just no, sucks. Both like all the booking right now. Both main titles suck. Yeah. Um. All right, and then we bring it back full circle. We're going to SmackDown. Talking about Jinder Mahal. Is it time to give Jinder the title? Yes. I think so too. Strap it to Jinder. It's, it's funny. I like the like, character though. He's like a Middle Eastern Del Rio. I just feel like it's very cheap. Like. I just feel like there's no momentum behind Randy Orton as champion. And if you're going to give Jinder the push, push him to the moon. Just give him the title. But he's not good. Like, you watch him in the ring and he's like, eh. <laughs> he beats Sami Zayn. Well, like he's so Sami- roided up. Yo, yo, can we even get an introduction to the Singh brothers? Like, other than them just being like J&J Security Part 2? Like, that's who they are to me. But they're actually the Bollywood boys. Yeah. And they're not even really good wrestlers. They just happen to be of Indian descent, which means they align themselves with Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Like, these There's are, less competition. They, they the, cornered a market. The booking has been terrible. Um, I don't mind SmackDown booking. This is a horrible thing to have to book. Like if Vince, if Vince looked at them and was like, yo, this is what I want. Make it happen. You know the writers just went back. Like, yes, sir. Went back to the back. It was like, fuck this. Like, how are we supposed to make this good? Dude, like SmackDown, so you have like Nakamura and Dolph Ziggler. Who Dolph Ziggler? It's just like and a slow build to Nock's debut. And I love that they gave Nock the entire promo for Backlash. So dope. I like it. He looks um, like a superstar. I, it's weird because I don't. I don't think that it's necessary to have Nakamura talk right now. Like that that segment with Dolph last week was kind of unnecessary because it yeah. didn't do anything for either one of them. And then Dolph like trying with that that and like through Michael Jackson basically was stupid. Yeah. And, like, this match by itself without – like, if this was New Japan, they just tear the house down and wouldn't say much of anything to each other. But it's WWE, and they got to cut silly promos. So it's been like I don't this for see, four decades. Yeah, I just – I, I don't want to see, like, Nakamura talking. And it's weird. You know what's really weird about Nakamura? He never takes out the mouthpiece. So I love they, that he talks through the mouthpiece. You know how difficult that is? And not only is it his second language, but he talks through a mouthpiece. But the weird part about it is, is – you know, even though audiences are singing the theme song, there's the same amount of audiences that were wetting him during last week's segment, which makes me say he doesn't need to talk right now. It's unnecessary. Oh, those people should got their ass kicked. Well, it's but it's, it's the WWE is a mass audience. It's not like yeah, you don't want NXT. Tomorrow, though. But they did. Those and those it's, youngsters. It's those little yachties in the I'm crowd. I'm just saying. The point is, is that Nakamura doesn't need to talk. Have him show up and kick some ass. He doesn't need to be involved. Like. I feel like Nakamura is more, not necessarily a special attraction, but I don't need to see him until he wrestles Dolph. Like, I don't need to see him. Like, g- give me the vignettes. Like, That's give what me they're the trying build. to do, though. They're trying yeah, to. Yeah, but they, but they had him cut a promo with Dolph last week for no reason. Because you have to talk of the ring. That's what WWE is built off of. That's why they're not New Japan. That's why well, they're the, not anyone else. Okay. It's because to get there, you have to speak. You have to entertain the crowd. You have to do live shit. And Counterpoint. Brock Lesnar. Brock had to do it. He sucked at it so much that they gave him Paul Heyman. I would love if they still had managers and valets. They don't. What I'm happened saying, to the male manager? Where the hell like, did these people go? The intrigue of Nakamura is him kicking ass. To have him be like everybody else and talk right now, he should show up and just kick Dolph Ziggler's ass at Backlash. He shouldn't be one of the boys. He shouldn't even be treated like one of the boys. True. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying it's their way. 
Yeah, I get, I get it's their way. It just, you know, it did nothing. Anyway, um, um, Zane taking ass whooping by Corbin all the time. Terry, this is like this booking, man. Like, what are we doing here? Poor Sami Zayn. Watching Women, Jinder Mahal get a push ahead of him. Come women's on. division is I, not exciting to me right now. It's, it's crazy weird. how Alexa Bliss. It started the same way, right? Because it was like three versus three, and then a six woman all together with a when Mickey James was there and everyone, and then it was like, who's going to be a breakout star? And Alexa Bliss came and just, just avalanche the division. Yeah, she gets it. And oh. then she leaves, and then it's just like, yo, we're back to here, and this shit just ain't cool. Like, well, baby, baby show it doesn't make any sense. No, I don't like baby because now there's no heel. Well, I mean, dude, I think that Natalia's a, a le- I think Natalia's a legit heel. I feel like Tamina could be a legit, you know, but muscle Natalia's heel. But Natalia's always been too old. She missed the boat. But she can still wrestle. She can still she carry can, a good Oh, night. yeah, she can. But I, I think to give her that push, I think they look at her as, you know, too old. I think the best thing they could do, personally, is to eventually put the title on Natty. She's done so much, she deserves it. She's never held it. I wouldn't mind it if you want to give Sasha, like, a nice, or, excuse me, not Sasha, Charlotte, a nice push. Um, but heel, sure, sure. heel Charlotte is needed. Yeah, he, we don't need babyface Charlotte. Yo, like, did I, you see, Cor- sorry, I just remembered, did you see Corey Graves just, and you don't watch 205 Live, do you? No. He ethered, uh, what, Tom Phillips? Oh, God. He over, always the, over the nudes joint, ethered him. You got to find this clip on the internet. It's on Twitter. I'll just watch it on the network. No, like, just watch that clip. It's on Twitter. Just type oh, okay. in, so search time. Corey Graves. When I say the ether in this joint, oh, my God, it was so crazy. Like, the meme or the the gif when the kid is, like, walking by with his hands on his face, it was like that. Where you were just like, yo, did he really say that? It's like, he really I'm said that. I'm about to that. watch. Yeah, there's going to be people like, you don't watch 205 Live? Dude, there's just not enough hours in the day to not watch everything. Time, right? <laughs> I watch highlights and I watch it occasionally, but it's, it's not, like, something I watch all the time. Yeah. Which leads me, like, I completely forgot about NXT this week and I didn't watch it. Um, I still have wow. to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. I'm on, like, a one-day delay yeah. on everything. Um, so I have yeah. to watch it. Even though I love what they're building up to, I have faith in the next pay-per-view. To me, they have some people down there who can still take the mantle and run with it. Um, McIntyre's look good. Uh, Aleister Black is a star. When they give it, just everything. And all he does is strike. He has no power moves. And I'm still with it. No. So I like what they're doing down there, man. It's just a slower build. Maybe they take more of the New Japan route and go back to the original NXT style where it was less talking. Because now we've kind of gotten so. into more talking, right? Lesser yeah. talent or more talking. I don't understand it. Um, Although I will say that the the Ryan Strong package was really good. Oh, that was amazing, um, right? I can't wait for next week's. Very necessary. They need to do that more often with some of these guys to make you care about them. Because now it's like you care about Roderick Strong. Yo, Great job with that. Yeah, that story is incredible. Yeah. Like the druggy mom. Oh, my God. Shot but, his pops. You know, how many... How many you know, damn wrestlers probably have similar stories. You know, it's, it's endearing. And I, I appreciate the WWE doing that for NXT. They should look to do that more often with some of their newer talent. No, I definitely agree. Um, last thing we talked about, Owens versus Styles. It'd be so much better if it wasn't for in United States time. Yeah, like if you, again, it's, you know, in the WWE, whoever has the best, the top title, has license to have long matches unless your name is like Shawn Michaels, who would just steal the show on, you know, with Undertaker or whoever else he was wrestling. AJ Styles and Kevin Owens should have license 
to run roughshod over the show and be the main event and put on a 30-minute match. I think they're my going fear, to. They, my fear is that they won't. I, I think they're going to have the 30-minute match and Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton's going to have the 10, 12. See, I don't think they're going to go 10. And that's my problem. It's, it's really hard. If they were smart, that's what they would do. Because the problem is if you have Owens and Styles tear the house down, it, what they'll do is they're going to split these two these two matches up way apart. Of course. Of course. So <laughs> so because that, that crowd like is going to go nuclear um, with those two if they if they have the match that they're supposed to have. But they'll well, be they've been ice having cold. Owens open a lot, if you notice. A lot of yeah. interviews he's open lately. And they shouldn't like it's it's a bad idea to do that because there's nothing on this backlash card payback backlash it's all back everything there's nothing on this card that's going to stand up to AJ Styles and Kevin Owens nothing not even close but they've tried it with both of them put them both on early you know Styles and Shane O'Mac stole the show at Mania and it was six hours after that of what the hell are we watching it was straight downhill. But they, and they're in Chicago, which is a very unforgiving town for but shitty wrestling. Yeah, but there's really good matchups, man. I mean, Nock, Nock Zane is going to be entertaining. Oh, Nock Ziggler should be great. Sorry. For oh, excuse me, that. Ziggler. Yeah, Nock Ziggler should be great. But Fandango? Oh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I feel like Fandango? that's going to have a shitty ending. Fan Breezango, whatever. Like, that match? Like, come on. The work rate can't be that good in no. that match. I um, wouldn't Sam- mind the Suwusos. You know, against American Alpha again, but no, nah, I don't know why that just ran its course. Like, so it's like you look at the rest of that card, the way, the way it's being booked. It's like, sty- like those two matches, Styles Owens and Ziggler Nakamura should steal the show. And they're they're going to be spread apart. But that crowd, is, they're not going to tolerate the rest of that shit. Even Zayn against Corbin. Because it's like if Zayn loses to Corbin, oof, that's going to be rough. Yeah, gonna- I, don't, I don't know what else is left if he loses. I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see. We'll let the weekend play out. Once again, thanks everyone for tuning in again to another episode of the Corner Podcast. You guys know to find us on social media at the Corner LSN on all platforms. Me at Kel Dansby. Him at Andreas Hale, aka Old Man Andreas, aka I'm Grumpy for No Reason, aka I'm looking like Joe Budden in these streets. I, yo, you just had Twitter beef. You yelled at someone like Joe Budden, by the way. I forgot to mention that. No, I yell at him because he's a fucking idiot talking about <laughs> Obama's the reason for racism. He should, he should get his ass whooped. Anyway. <laughs> if you guys didn't see that shit, it was hilarious. Um, make sure you guys check back in next week. A whole nother show recapping Canelo versus Chavez. Um, talking MMA because we have a pay-per-view coming up. UFC 211. Tons of stuff next week. Make sure you guys tune back in. For now, though, we're out. Peace. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.